0: I love to tell how He lifted me, and what His grace can do for you. Saved by His power divine, saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete, for I'm saved, saved, saved. He saves me from every sin and harm. Secures my soul each day. I'm leaning strong on His mighty arm. I know He'll guide me all the way. Saved by His power divine, saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete, for I'm saved, saved, saved. When poor and needy and all alone, in love He said to me, Come unto me and I'll lead you home to live with me eternally. Saved by His power divine, saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete for I'm saved, saved, saved. Amen. I'm glad I can say that I am saved. There's nothing wrong with that word. It's used all through the Bible. Saved by God's grace. I know we don't have the, uh, the Scripture in front of us uh, this morning, but I do want to read in your hearing, and maybe you could listen to what God's Word has to say in just uh, our time of, of Scripture reading. But I'll relay this to you. It captivated my heart this morning. Psalm chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. And I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. You know, that's the spirit that we bring here when we come and worship the Lord. A heart that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Take that same hymnal, turn over page number 390. 390. There is power in the blood of Jesus. 390. 390. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonderworking working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. On the last, would you do service for Jesus your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood daily his praises to sing. there's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen, praise the Lord. You can be seated. Yes, Kayla. We'll, we'll, we'll do those on Wednesday, okay? You'll be with us on Wednesday. We'll do our prayer requests then, okay? We do that. Well, leave them with me and I'll make sure that we pray for them, okay? Oh, that reminds me. This coming Wednesday, we'll not be meeting. I would ask for you to pray for Carrie as she's going through surgery uh, at, at this coming Wednesday. Also pray for uh, brother Roger as well, and some tests that are going on with him, and then Jackie and them, they'll be traveling back and forth, so please keep those in mind this coming Wednesday, but we will not, we will not meet this Wednesday, and I will miss it. I've enjoyed our Bible studies on Wednesday night so much, uh, but we'll pick back up the following week, so you be in, you be in prayer uh, for that. If you have your Bibles, I want you to take them to the book of Psalms, we read that our scripture reading in Psalm chapter number 9, but I want you to take your Bibles and go to Psalm chapter 128, Psalm chapter 128, Psalm 128, and I want to to talk to you this morning as it being Father's Day, I want to emphasize Father's this morning. And, uh, and you know, give a challenge to all of us. We did that for Mother's Day. Guys, it's only fitting. We're under the, we're under the microscope today. So, uh, you know, I'm, as I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. Believe me, I've, I've wrestled with this uh, this morning as well. But Psalm 128, and look at verse number 1 through 6. And I want to talk to you this morning on this subject, the great force of a godly father. The great force of a godly father. Psalm 128, verses 1 through 6. It's actually the entire, entire chapter. Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. You shall eat the fruit of, your labor, uh, of the labor of your hands, and you shall be blessed. It shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall a man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. And may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. I want to talk to you this morning on this subject, The Great Force of a Godly Father. You know, things could not have gotten uh, better for one particular uh, father named James. He, he was a sought-after evangelist. In fact, if you, were going to, uh, if you were going to schedule him to preach at your church, you would have had to have booked him four years in advance. He would preach for two weeks and then be home for two weeks. His marriage was strong and his children were happy. Things were going great For James, that is, until one day the phone rang. It was his wife on the other end of the line, and she had just lost an argument with her 16-year-old son. In desperation, she simply said these words, I need you, said those to her husband. He responded by saying, I will cancel the remaining meetings, and I will be home as quickly as I can. James did not know, what James did not know is that his son was overhearing the conversation and his son thought that his dad would not go through with his, with his words that he'd given his wife and would not go through with such a deep commitment uh, uh, over the next uh, several weeks. But in just a few short days, like he said, the father came, home to his, came back home to his family. James put a for sale sign in front of his house, in his yard. He canceled the next four years of preaching engagements and began pastoring just a small church where he could stay and be at home all the time and help his wife with their rebellious son. When James finally uh, when James finally went back into evangelism, it had been several years, and he had lost all of his familiar context. And though his son was now, uh, uh, though his son was now in college and doing good, he was unable to schedule as many meetings as he once had before he made this drastic change. When his son began to go down the wrong path, and he he never resumed the impact and the influence of his ministry that he had before that moment with his son's problems. When you hear that story, you may think to yourself, what a shame. What a shame that this man that was obviously being used of God to do, to do great things in the kingdom of God, what a shame that he had to put all that on hold and come back and deal with his son and lose the effect that he could have had over those next years. But what I want you to look at this story, I want you to see it through the eyes of the 16-year-old son. Because of that difficult decision, James's son went on to found a ministry that we're probably all familiar with this once rebellious 16-year-old son went on to found focus on the family. And Dr. James Adoption Jr. grew into a godly man with the right priorities all due to the example of his father's care for his family. Now this is just one example of many of the great force of a godly father, and the force they can have on their marriage and on their family. Listen, for bad or for good, a father makes a tremendous difference in the life of a family and of children. Dad, get this in your head today. The most important place in the world today is the home. Nothing takes greater pre- precedence than the home. And therefore, the most important person in the world is that father that is leading that home. And so as the father goes, the home goes. As the home goes, the community goes. As the community goes, the state goes. And as the state goes, so goes the nation. It is vitally important, Dad, that you and I both participate in what God wants for our family. So Dad, your impact on your family cannot be underestimated. And I think we see that great force of a godly father in Psalms 128. And so for every one of us that are fathers, I mean for every one of us here this morning, I think Psalm 28 has great spiritual truth whether you're a dad or not. But I believe that particularly for fathers, it has something to say to us. So I want to I look at this psalm and look at three keys of being the kind of husband, father, and man that God wants us to be. So first of all, I want you to see in this passage that we must first of all examine the condition of your faith. Examine the condition Of your faith. You know, the world today tries to tell us that fathers are dispensable, that you can do without a father, and that the family can get along just fine without a dad. But it's been proven time and time again that children's lives fare far better when there is an engaged father in the home. Why? Because fathers are the examples that families need. Fathers cut the path uh, for the family to follow. And that's why it's so important for a father to cut a path toward God. Fathers can cut all kinds of paths. They can cut a path to wealth and financial prosperity. They can cut a, a path of entertainment and enjoyment, and, and those, are, those are paths in which a family will fall straight in. But the end of those paths is emptiness, void, it's vanity. Fathers, it is incumbent upon us to cut a path to God, to lead our families to God. And according to this psalm, the condition of a father's faith is critical for a family to experience, I believe, the blessing of God. So notice first of all, I want you to see as we examine the condition of our faith, we must first of all be devoted, uh, 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 we need to see a devoted love for God. Look at verse number 1 again. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Now this fear of the Lord mentioned in this verse is not a cowering in the corner type of fear of being squashed by the thumb of God every time you turn the corner. No, I believe that this is a picture of a humble awe, of a a great respect uh, uh, of God and before God. I like to think of this kind of fear as the healthy fear I had of my father. I knew my father loved me, cared deeply for me, but I knew this also, that my father would correct me if I needed it. Uh, that he would he would uh, uh, take and, and do a course correction on my hind end to get me to go in the right direction. So there was a, a balanced amount of fear of, of his retribution uh, for not being obedient to him. And at the same time, there was a love, there was a companionship with my father. And I believe that's what's demonstrated here. Proverbs 1:7 makes it clear: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. To fear God and be awed by his person and his character is to possess a devoted love for God. Listen, the manliest thing a dad can do is give his heart and life to Jesus. The manliest thing you can do is be a dad that is surrendered, lock, stock, and barrel to God, to Jesus Christ. You see, by God's design, here's the thing, here's the challenge, Dad. By God's design, the father is the picture, or the father and the husband is the picture of Jesus in the home. You know, when we read Ephesians 5 22, Oftentimes, our attention goes to the front part of that verse and not to the latter part. Let me read Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit, your, uh, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, the first part gets all the attention. That gets all the burrs under saddles to submit to the husband. But here's the real challenge. Yes, you, the, the Word of God clearly dictates that the husband is to, is to be the one that is to be submitted to. But don't forget the latter part. As unto the Lord. You see, the true example of for the husband to follow in is that of the Lord Jesus. That's the greater challenge in this verse. Not to submit to a husband but for the husband to be in the place or, or have, a, have the example of the Lord Jesus. And so, Dad, you're the one that models Christ to your family. You're to model His love, His faithfulness, His character, His wisdom, His leadership. Before the child will ever hear what the pastor says, they need to see what God is in you, Dad. Children need to see what God is like in you before they ever hear what the pastor has to say about what God is like. And you can't present to them a true likeness of what God is like when you yourself have no relationship with God. How can you possibly... Be a person uh, that is in the likeness of the Lord Jesus to such a degree uh, that the wife would willingly submit to when you do not pursue a Christ-likeness, a desire to follow Jesus in your own life. Let's be real honest here. In most families, it is the wife that feels the spiritual leadership role and the husband's passively follow. But this is not God's design. God's design not only for the pastor's family but for every family is that the father be the spiritual leader in the home. Not passively following and adhering to the wife's leadership in spiritual matters. It is you dad who are to have a devoted love to God. Notice, not only a devoted love for God, but also a disciplined life for God. Look in verse number 1 again. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. That fear and devotion and love for God is something that you have on the inside. It's something that you desire to have. That your heart is locked in with. But that love is to impact your life on the outside. Fathers are to have a walk that matches their talk. They are to have a desire to live a life, uh, to live their life what they believe in their heart. Dad, if we were to examine the condition of your faith, would we find a faith that obeys God, that is yielded to God? Dad, do you walk in the steps of Jesus? Are you following in His steps? And may I remind you, I'm talking to me too. The challenge is on my part as well. To walk in His ways. Our children need that example of a godly father that is leading his family, uh, uh, family in, the, in, the, in the ways of God and not being dragged along by a faithful but ill-equipped mother. Here we see that a father is to lead. I know it's not easy. Families are dissolving every day. We live not only in a postmodern age, but a post-marriage age. But I like what Stuart, uh, Stu Weber said in his book on The Tender Warrior. He said this, quote, Fathers and husbands need to learn faithfulness. Stand by your promises. Never... Never let go no matter what. When your marriage isn't fun, stay at it. When your parenting is over your head, stay at it. When work is crushing your spirit, don't let it beat you down. When your children let you down, pick them up. When your wife goes through six months of mood swing, live with it. Understand the heart of staying power is the spirit of sacrifice. Awe. What a quote. Stay with it, Dad. Don't give up. That's the thing. Is that preaching this verse, we're all around this saying, what a failure I am. I'm such a hypocrite. I fail in this so many times. But here's the caution. Here's the exhortation. Stay with it, Dad. Keep trying. A man that falls seven times, rises after everyone. Stay with it, Dad. Continue on continue on. A devoted love for God, a disciplined life for God, a deliberate labor for God. Look at verse number two. And you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, and you shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Notice that the role of a godly father is one that is of a provider for the family. You know it's interesting to note that since the recession of 2008, more and more husbands have been relegated and going and retreating into the home, more than wives and mothers are, and wives and mothers are filling the workplace. Now now this is not to say that a woman cannot. Uh, work outside the home, but there is a biblical mandate for the father and the husband to be a breadwinner, a earner, a provider for the home. Remember, husband, uh, uh, the husband is playing the role of Jesus in the home. And Jesus is the provider. He's the sustainer. He's the giver. If you feel like... T- if uh, if uh, if too, uh, too many husbands and fathers, I feel like, are being more like... Like me, when I was 16 years old, I was 16 years old, I started working at Revco. And, uh, and I actually got paid for working at home. All those years I'd been working and doing stuff, never got paid for it. I finally worked at Revco in Trenton and got paid for it, man. I remember getting that first paycheck. Oh, man, I was so tickled to death. I took that paycheck and cashed it. I bought bubble gum, movie tickets, comic books, video games, and ice cream. Man, anything I wanted, anything my little fleshly a heart, selfish heart wanted, I bought with my money. I feel that far too men. Instead of being leaders and providers for their home, are like overgrown teenagers. If they take what, they, what their, first, their, their paycheck is and they, and they do whatever they want to. It's my money, I earned it, even though you're the provider for the family. That you're the provider. There is such a great satisfaction of sitting at the table together with your family and seeing them be nourished by the God-given work of your hands. You are the provider. You are in the place of the Lord Jesus. You're the one that spreads the table for your family. Examine the condition of your faith. Also, exert a care for your family. Notice in verse number 3, Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. And your children will be like olive shoots around the table. Here we come into the obvious direction of this psalm. It is to the father. He's talking about a husband. He's talking about a father. Dad, if you're going to have a great and lasting impact on your family, then you you have to show the right care For your family. Years ago, this would have gone without saying, but in in the time in which we live of self-driven world where it's all about personal fulfillment and personal enjoyment, the dads have to be told you must care for your family. You can't put it on autopilot. Notice, first of all, we see a sensitive care for your wife. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Why will she be a fruitful vine in the house? Because the preceding verses. It is one that fears the Lord, that walks in His ways. The result of that is your wife will be like that fruitful vine within the house. Now why a vine? Well, a vine follows the shape of what it clings to. On its own, it can't climb very high. It it climbs horizontally and and spreads out. But, But when a vine is attached to something of stability, the vine grows upward. You see, the vine needs a support system to grow on. This is the picture of the structure and support of a godly husband. Your wife is to cling and grow with you to grow up around you in her faith. The wife tends to pattern herself after the husband. It's so true. Husband, if you will lead in godly matters, in the Word of God, I promise you, your wife will follow. She, uh, She becomes the reflection of her husband. Men, I know that our wives are often there to encourage us and to help us. I know of, I know I know the statement is better known than uh, anybody. Is that behind every good man is a great woman, is a great wife, and oftentimes a shocked wife, <laughs> a shocked wife. Hey, listen! All of us need the encouragement and love. Uh, as a husband of our wives, but primarily men are to be the strength and the stability for our wives. We are to be the example of self-sacrificing love and devotion toward her. I go back to Ephesians chapter 5, which is such a, a beautiful picture of of, the, of what God intends for the home. And listen to what He says. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. Every Sunday we come in and we worship the Lord Jesus for what for what He did for us on the cross. His love, His surrender, His sacrifice. Well, Dad, Father, Husband, that's what we're to be in our home. That self-sacrificing. That giving one for our families. Listen, you can tell a lot about a man, about how how he treats his wife. If she's the butt of every joke, the last person considered when decisions are made, the sole role of faithfulness to God in the home, you can know that this husband is not caring for his wife as he should. As what is depicted in the Word of God. Husbands, you are the strong example that a wife is to cling to and follow. Goes on Ephesians 5, 26 and 27. What is the role of the husband? After 25 where he says, Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Then the further admonition that He might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the Word, so that He might present the church to Himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that He might be holy and without blemish. Here it's talking about the Lord Jesus washing, presenting the church. He's actively in spiritual presentation and and uh, uh, talking about washing, cleansing, molding, shaping the church husbands. That is our same role with our wives. I'm so glad that Jesus... Uh, Doesn't address my spiritual life as so oftentimes I may deal with my wife. A hacking comment here, a cut down, coldness, being quiet and really whatever, just do what. Jesus doesn't do that to us. He lovingly comes to us and shapes us, molds us, draws us, pulls us along. Husbands, ours is the same route. It's the same route. Taking the Word of God. Teaching, growing, together, informing uh, uh, by the Word of God. Are are our wives better Christians because of us? That's what it gets down to. Are our wives better Christians because of us? Are we providing the strength and the support our wives need? Do you even think about such things? That's That's the thing that struck me. Am I thinking of, am I conscious of this? You say, Brother Ronnie, you're being awfully hard on us, husband. Listen, this is the only way we can get jogged and be reminded of our responsibility to lead our families, to be that which our wife, that is essential for our wife's growth and maturity, to lead our families. Notice, not only do we see the sensitive care to your companion, but a strong care for your children. Verse number 3, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Notice this, your children will be like olive shoots around the table. Notice the children are compared to olive plants. I've often wondered why olive plants around the table. Maybe Why not something different? But olive trees are an essential part of, of God's words. Olives are spoken of many times, particularly in the New Testament. Do you know that it takes seven years... For an olive plant to begin to produce the slightest berries. And that it takes 15 years for the tree to actually produce fruit. This is a really good analogy of the growth and the maturity of a child into an adult. The long haul. He's saying your children will be like these olive trees that sit at your table. The key to a productive olive tree is the care it is shown When it is young, when the olive tree is first planted, the care and the attention that goes into that will dictate its production in years to come. You may think, well, I'm just so ill-equipped. I don't have what it takes to give the care to my children that will make them productive. Listen, bury your nose in this book. Ask God to speak to you through it. There are places like Psalm 28 where we're given principles, and also in the New Testament, principles of care and leading our families. Seek after God. I'm convinced of this. If we will bury our lives in a pursuit of God, an unabandoned pursuit of God, I am convinced that these things cannot help but play themselves out according to the will of God in our lives. Put Him first in your life. Determine in your heart that you are not going to tell your children to go ask their mom or their pastor when spiritual questions come up. Don't depend on the church to teach your children the truth of God. Let your family hear your testimony of your coming to faith in Christ. Be the one that is in the book to say, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to look for it until I find it to share with you from God's Word. Fulfill the God-given role of spiritual leadership in your family that God intended you to feel. Care for your children. They need you. They need your time. I heard about a dad who for Christmas one year gave his son a slip of paper. And the paper said that the dad would give 365 hours to his son in the next year. So every day he would spend one hour with his son to go Anywhere he wanted to go, talk about whatever he wanted to talk about, and do whatever he wanted to do. The son said it was the greatest gift he'd ever been given. The father renewed the gift year after year. Your children do not rise and fall by your expertise. They rise and fall by the time you spend with them. Examine the condition of your faith. Exert a care for your family. Thirdly and lastly, Exhibit a a consideration for the future. Verses four through six, you know, look at verse number four. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Verse number four renews the blessing of, of previous verses. It's almost like a bookend of the of the family, the one who fears the Lord on the front end and the back end that fears the Lord. That's the family that is blessed. Dad, the happiness and the joy that God intends for you as a husband and as a father are yours to possess if you will fear and follow the Lord. Verse 5 and 6 tells us of the avenues in which this blessing will come. As a father, you are to consider the future. That's one of the things you're always, as a father, you look at your children, you look at your family, you're always to be thinking of the future, provision. What lies ahead here? First of all, we are to seek God's blessing corporately. Verse number five, the Lord bless you from Zion, and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Zion is the political center of Jewish life. It is the rule, its rule, and its prosperity. Jerusalem was the social center of the whole nation. God is saying that if fathers of families will hear and follow Him, the blessing of God will be felt across the nation corporately. Believe it or not, cultures and nations are impacted. By fathers of families. I'm afraid that we have overemphasized political personalities, political factions and parties, congressional legislators to rescue the downward spiral of our nation when it in truth is fathers serious about their role in the family that will change a nation instead of looking at the TV so much as to where the answer is, Dad, look in the mirror for us to be the fathers that we should be to change our nation. Martin Luther said this, household government is the foundation of political government. If you destroy one, the other can't exist. How, don't we see that in the day of anarchy that we live in, where homes have been fractured and decimated for decades uh, in this nation, and fathers have been checked out in absentees, no wonder our government's falling apart. No wonder our nation is crumbling at the seams because our fathers have placed it on autopilot. Are you worried about America? Are you concerned about what's going on in the nation? Then start taking care of things at home. You say, Brother Ronnie, how in the world is, is me fulfilling my role in my little home with my little family going to affect the nation? I know it will because God sees the obedience of His, of, of His people and God guides the heart of the King like a river. It's not like, you know, I was thinking about this. It's not like you're planting a seed for 40 years down the road for things to be corrected in our nation. And that may well be, it may well happen. But the reality is, when God sees obedience, He does His part, He does other parts, He does things we can't do in the here and now. So here we see that God's, uh, seek God's blessing corporately, not only for the family, but for the community and for the nation. Also, seek God's blessing individually. Look at verse number six. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. There's nothing more satisfying than raising godly children who will in turn seek to raise. Godly grandchildren. You know, grandchildren is never mentioned in the Bible. It's always mentioned as children's children. And here we see it in this text about what we are to be, I believe, as fathers. To see the fruit of a generational pursuit of Christ unfold before our eyes is incredibly gratifying to the Father who has been seeking the Lord. In future days, I want to hear of my sons and daughters I want to hear them as they pray with their children. I want to see them love and serve the Lord Jesus and being an example of godly fathers and mothers to their families. Here, I believe that's what's implicated here in verse number 6 to see children's children, our grandchildren, have that same impact. Have that same impact upon them. What, a great, what greater blessing is there in life than to see the God that you know, that you love, that you obey, be known, loved, and obeyed by your children. Fathers, don't neglect your devotion to God. Don't minimize your walk with God. Don't miss, dismiss your labor for God. Keep the end in sight. Stay the course, fathers. If you've fallen, get back up. Listen, I'm convinced that a Christian life is a constant cycle of repeats, of repentance and restoration, of repentance and restoration, of getting up and starting over again. That's where all of us fathers need to be reminded of. Don't neglect your devotion to God. In close, I love to hear the story of the great preacher, the great, uh, the great uh, theologian, Jonathan Edwards of the 1700s. This godly man married a godly woman. And they had, at this time of this writing, I found this in a, in a book somewhere, they, at the time of that writing, they had had 1,344 descendants from that one family. Of this number... 295 were college graduates, 13 were college professors, 65 were college presidents, 186 were ministers, 101 were lawyers, 86 were state senators, 3 were congressmen. There were also 30 judges and one vice president of the United States from that family. Not one of the descendants were ever accused of a crime. This is the impact of a godly father and mother upon future generations to come. By God's grace. By God's grace. You know, more more than than their instruction or example, we have to consider God's grace as well. That God would be gracious in, in His dealings with our family and our children. Grace has a lot to do with the outcomes of our families and what takes place. It is nothing but the grace of God. And I want to reiterate that. Because not every family, not every family's children have, 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 have taken the road that you would want them to take. And we're all we're oftentimes can get down upon ourselves because of that. But listen, if we can come to the grips with the truth of Psalm 128 and say, by God's grace, I will do whatever it takes to further the kingdom of God through my descendancy, through my family, I will do that and depend upon God's grace to see the outcome to its finality. This is the impact of a godly father and mother that can have over time. And that leads me to a final point of emphasis. Daily being the father that God has called you to be is key to the blessing the blessing of our homes and the lasting of a godly legacy. Consistent daily following of God. Lived out not in duplicity or hypocrisy but lived out as best as we possibly can before our families is the key to the blessing of God on our home and a lasting godly legacy. The question is, Dad, are you willing to fulfill that role? Are you willing to do and to follow the the uh, the, the the lesson from Scripture this morning—to fear the Lord, to walk in His ways, to labor for Him? That's the true question and challenge to our fathers this morning. Let's all stand as we come to a moment of invitation. I, want to, I just want to take a moment of prayer. We don't have any music this morning, and so we're going to just end in a word of prayer. But dads, here is the opportunity for you to pursue and to meet this challenge. To say to God, I'm going to hear what you have to say. And I'm going to give myself to it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love You. And God, I thank You for the Lord Jesus. And God, I thank You for this psalm. What a challenge to, to fathers this morning. And God, I, I was reminded, just, just hit this morning again and again with how many failures I've had as a father. And God, I pray that You would help me once again to, to dust failure from myself and to rise up and again pursue you with passion and be the leader that my fa- my family calls for that needs so desperately. Father, I pray that you would help our hearts. We pray for those that don't know the Lord Jesus in our family. God, we pray that they would come and you would come by your spirit and they would repent and believe the gospel. But God, I pray that you would glorify yourself and speak to hearts. Father, we ask this in Jesus precious name. Amen. And amen. All right, I think we had a gift for Father's Day. Are they up here? Are they? They are. Okay. All right. Oh, we have our fathers, Kalen, and, and, and come here and, and take take some of these uh, to our to our dads, Grayson. All right, Graylin and Kay, Grayson, Kalen, Eric Yeah, there we go. And our fathers, what? Take this. Take this. Oh, she's trying to give it to me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I forget. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's right, Caitlin. I am your dad. I, this, this is mine. I forget. I forget. Thank you so much. Uh, did... Roger? I can grab it there you go. Here you go. There we go. All right. Thank you to all our ba- dads. Just leave it down there. Thank you, dads. Listen, serve and honor the Lord and follow Him. I'm so thankful for our dads and the legacy that you have here at this church. And you continue to follow the Lord Jesus. Alright, let's close in a real quick word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. Help us as fathers as we go forward and to, uh, to follow in your ways, to walk after you. God, help us to have an impact on our children and our families, Father. God, I pray you glorify Yourself through that. God, speak to hearts. Hold us close to You. Father, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. You're dismissed. Shake hands in fellowship as you leave this morning.